tonight in the name of the Lord. We welcome you to our, our uh, midweek Bible study, and we're going to look into the word of the Lord and just let his word speak to us and give us direction for our souls. Amen. We're going to begin uh, from the book of Ephesians, and uh, we're going to read a few verses of scripture from the book of Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with the fourth verse, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. I just want to read just two or three verses in your hearing to begin this study. We're going to be speaking on the subject in the ages to come, in the ages to come. Uh, How many know that it's not just about this world uh, where we're living right now, but that there is a world beyond this in the ages to come. And that is what we really truly are living for. Uh, if we live and only have hope in this life, then we are of all men most miserable, the scripture says. Uh, we have a, a sense of misery about us because of the fact that, that this world is so limited in what it can provide. And this world is so broken. It's just so broken. The people in this world are broken. Uh, we are broken without Jesus Christ. Uh, even we are broken. Uh, and so it, it is uh, it's something that we have to keep in mind. But I want to talk to you about in the ages to come. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sin hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Let's just take a real quick moment here and go through some of the powerful uh, points of interest that are found in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 7. First of all, let's just let's just point out that the Bible says God who is rich in mercy. And it doesn't actually it doesn't just say God who is rich in mercy, it says but God. Hallelujah. I thank I'm thankful today that there are those moments in life where we can just say but God. You, you, can, you can have a laundry list of, of problems and, and things that are going uh, in a direction you don't want them to go. But, but then you have to reconcile yourself to the fact, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy. So the wealth of God is, is uh, pertaining to his mercy. So when the Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, these are the riches that that is talking about. He is rich in mercy. For his great love, it is a great love, not just love, but great love, wherewith he loved us. Notice what it said, even, even. When we were dead in sins. So, so you thought you had to get good so God could love you. No, no. He loved you even when you were dead in sins. You thought you had to get your act together so that you could be worthy of God's love. No, no, no. 
No, he loved you, he loved me, even when we were dead in sins and hath quickened us together. Everybody say together. He hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and hath raised us up together. Everybody say together. He raised us up together and made us sit together. Everybody say together. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So notice the language of togetherness that exists in just two or three verses of scripture here. He hath quickened us together. He hath raised us up together. And he has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So everything that we do, we're doing it together in the Lord. This is the beauty of God. This is the richness of his mercy. This is the great love wherewith he hath loved us. So he quickened us. Which means he brought us to life. That's what it means. We were dead in sins. He quickens us. So he brings us to life. When he brings us to life, he raises us up. Stands us up on our feet and takes us someplace. He makes us to sit together. Hallelujah. You wonder how we all showed up right here. and None of us have, none of us have anything in common perhaps but Jesus. You you know, we didn't know each other before we knew Jesus. It was Jesus who brought us together. That is the bond of of perfectness. That is the the bond of love and the bond of, of peace that we have. So he quickens us together. He raises us up together. He makes us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus together. So there's no big eyes, a little use. There's nobody better than anybody else. There's nobody superior and nobody inferior. We are quickened together. We are raised up together. And we are made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And for this purpose, this is why he did it. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus you know why he saved you because in the ages to come he's going to show you the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward you through Christ Jesus you know why he brought you out of sin and shame because he's got exceeding Riches of grace and kindness to show you in the ages to come. You know, you want to know why I I fight for people to not give up? Because you're forfeiting the ages to come. You're you're caught up in what's bothering you now. You you are distracted by by the chaos of, of this world. And you are forfeiting the kindness and the exceeding riches of his grace in the ages to come. This is why we fight for people not to give up on their marriage. This is why we fight for people not to give up on God. This is why we... Fight for people not to throw in the towel and not to take their life and not to walk away from their loved ones. Because, because, ladies and gentlemen, you want to be here for the ages to come. This is just the beginning. This is just the earnest of our inheritance. Have you ever ever felt the joy of the Lord? Anybody ever felt the joy of the Lord? Just kind of raise your hand. I need a witness. 
Anybody ever felt like the joy of God just kind of just hit you? And, 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 and then, you know, we call it, we come back to reality. You know, you, you go back to, to work or, or you can, not, it doesn't even just have to be work. You can walk out in the lobby. And, and the devil could just smack you upside the face and say, you, you, you're still here. You're still on this, in this world. But, but, but that, that joy that you had for that moment, that joy that just overwhelmed you, that was, that was like just a small glimpse of what it's going to be like in the glory of the Lord. Peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. Hallelujah. No tears. No tears. No pain. Hallelujah. No sorrow. No dying. In the ages to come. So don't give up on the ages to come because of the chaos that you're experiencing right now. Or the pain you're experiencing right now. Or the hurt you're experiencing right now. Don't give up. On the ages to come. We live for what is coming. The Bible is replete with the promises of God for that which is to come. And he gives us glimpses of it while we're in this mortal body. We can't experience all of it because the body we're in is a body of death. It's a body that is slowly dying. And it cannot perceive or process the infinite glory of God. Which is why Moses could not look upon the glory of God because he could not see it with his natural eye. He would be consumed. This is why the Apostle Paul said, I have not seen and ear hath not heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for us. So, so, so what, what is coming? What is coming in the ages to come? The exceeding riches of his grace. What, what is coming in the ages to come? The kindness of God toward us. Oh, you haven't known kindness until you walk into the kindness of God that is coming in the ages to come. Oh, hallelujah. So, so I, I want to talk to you a little bit about two things. Everybody say process of time. Everybody say fullness of time. The Bible talks about the process of time, and the Bible talks about the fullness of time. These are two different things, but they are both relative to time. Uh, time the process of time is, this is going to be really profound, is a process. And the fullness of time is when the process has completed and has, and has come into total fullness. Do not lose faith in the fullness while you are trying to endure the process. Let the process unfold and, and let the fullness come into, into, into focus and, and keep your eye on the fullness of time. If you get your eye on the process of time, you'll quit. If you get your eye on the process of time, you'll turn back. You'll backslide. If you get your eye on the process of time, you will, you will throw in the towel on your, on your walk with God, on your devotion to your family, on your uh, hope in God. You will walk away from all of the blessed promises of God. Time is filled with swift transition. And there is a process to this time unfolding. And, and it, there are 
curves and it can be topsy-turvy. But keep your eye focused on the fullness of time and you will not be disappointed. You will see the glory of the Lord. I remember hearing Brother William Cannell of Florida. He was, he was the superintendent of Florida in the United Pentecostal Church for a little while. And he, he gave an illustration of the scripture that said, And we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. And he described how that when he was a child, he, he loved his grandmother's uh, cake. Loved his grandmother's cakes. The grandma made the best cakes. Uh, Brother Cannell's grandma made the best cakes uh, of, of anybody besides your grandmother, you know. And so, and so he was just excited. And one day he snuck into the kitchen while she was preparing it. And, and she hadn't started, like, really baking the cake yet. It was the ingredients were all laid out. And he, and he had never seen that. He had always seen the cake. And so he was all excited about getting to sample the ingredients because that cake is off the chain and these ingredients must be even better individually. Because, <laughs> I mean, look what they do when they're all put together. And so he just kind of put his little finger up over the countertop and dipped his finger in the stuff that was up there. And he went from the flour to the egg yolk to uh, the salt to the sugar to and and by the time he got done he was like she's not baking a cake I don't know what she's I don't know what she's doing but this there's no way that she's baking what I've tasted because nothing that I tasted tastes like that cake because he was tasting it individually it doesn't work individually it works together everybody say together and we know that all things work together for the good. It, it, individually, it's, it's often bland. Individually, it's often bitter. Individually, it's often sour. Individually, it has, it has an adverse effect on your taste sensation. But when you blend it all together, and then you throw it in the oven and try it by fire, try it in the furnace for a little while, Got to try it by fire. Got to heat it up to a particular degree, to a particular temperature. And then you pull that out. Now you've got something that tastes really good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But if you're, but if you're just going to, if you're going to judge it by this one experience, it's, it's likely going to be a bitter experience and, and it won't taste good by itself. And if you're going to judge it by this experience, it might be bland or might be sour, but, but when you put it all together, hallelujah, I don't know how to explain it, but every little thing, every good thing, every bad thing, every destructive thing, when you put it all together in the grand scheme of God. God's plan, it works for the good. The sickness will work for your good. The crisis will work for your good. The betrayal will work for your good. 
The rejection will work for your good. The abandonment will work for your good. I I know that doesn't seem to make sense because you're tasting the betrayal by itself. But you put the betrayal with the abandonment, with the rejection, and then you mix a little power of the Holy Ghost in there and you throw some faith and a little dash of hope hallelujah and a little peace of mind and folks you got yourself something that, that could not have been developed on its own you've got to let it work together it's a process the process is arduous the process is difficult but, but be committed to the process because the process will produce a fullness Fullness is what you want. It's what everybody needs. Let patience, James said, have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. What if we were actually at a place where we wanted for nothing? Where, we, where there was total contentment and peace and wholeness. What would that feel like? What would that be like? That's what patience will do. And so few people have ever experienced that because they refuse to let patience have her perfect work. Patience is a powerful thing. Jesus said it this way. In your patience possess ye your souls. The Bible says that tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope. How many want hope? Hope is really cool. Hope is great. We all want hope. We all need hope. But, but hope, you don't get that at the start. You, that, that's, at the, that's in the fullness. The process is tribulation works patience. Patience works experience. And experience works hope. And we just, we just jump all over hope and like, I, this is what I need. This is what I want. All I want for Christmas is hope. And, and nothing's going to come down a chimney and just wrap it under your tree. It, it comes by process. It's tribulation that works patience. It works patience. Like, like kneading dough. It works patience in you. And I know you don't like patience because it's a painful process. It's a difficult process. But let patience have her perfect work because the fullness, hallelujah, the fullness is that you will be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Let me, let me, let me read that to you just so you know where I'm coming from. James chapter 1 and verse 2. Listen to what the Bible says. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. He is telling us that when you have problems to arise in your life, instead of complaining about it, count it as joy. Count it as joy. And here's why. Knowing this, hmm, That the trying of your faith worketh patience. So so you're like, okay, pastor, that's like some serious, noble thoughts. And and that's really good for Jesus to do. But I don't know about me. uh, Because when I get problems to arise in my life, I'm not counting it joy. I'm counting it as, you know, annoying. I'm counting it as ridiculous. I'm counting it as 
as hurtful. I'm counting it as sorrowful. But he said counting it as joy. And this is why you count it as joy. Because you know that the trying of your faith is working something in you called patience. And patience performs a a perfect work. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You go to Romans chapter 5 and you see again what patience does. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. Knowing. See, tribulation is synonymous with the trying of your faith. The trying of your faith is tribulation, and tribulation is the trying of your faith. So he said, we glory in tribulation. And we glory in tribulation because we know tribulation worketh patience. And patience works experience, and experience works hope. And notice what verse 5 says, hope maketh not ashamed. In other words, this hope that you have You're never going to be ashamed for having this hope because you're going to arrive at the fullness of what this hope will bring. So let's let's talk a little bit about the process of time. First of all, first of all, let's talk about the fullness of time. I want to turn your attention to Galatians chapter 4. If we could pull up Galatians chapter 4. And and we're going to look at the fullness of time. Okay, this is when all processing is finished. All processing is complete, and we're talking about fullness now. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. The Bible says, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Okay, so the fullness of the time was when Jesus came into the earth. The fullness of the time. Now there was a process, painful process, sorrowful process, difficult process, but the fullness of the time was that God was manifest in the flesh. God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, So that he might redeem them that are under the law out of bondage. That is the fullness of time. The fullness of time is Jesus comes. That's the fullness of time. The fullness of time is away in a manger. No crib for a bed. A little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. Stars in the sky looked down where he lay. A little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Don't get me started on some Christmas carols now because... It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and we don't want to get Frank Sinatra and all, Nat King Cole and all that because we might be here for a little while. But that's the fullness of the time is when Jesus comes into the earth. That's the fullness of the time. But the Bible mentions the fullness of time in another place. It mentions the fullness of time two times. The first time is when Jesus enters the earth. God manifests in the flesh. The second time is Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10. This is it. We're going to start with verse number 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, 
that in the dispensation of the fullness of times. So it was the fullness of the time. Now it's the fullness of times. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, oh hallelujah, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So the fullness of the time, Galatians 4.4, is when Jesus entered the world the first time. The fullness of times is when Jesus returns to the earth the second time. See, the prophets, the prophets prophesied his first coming. The apostles prophesied his second coming. The fullness of time is when God enters the earth as Jesus the Christ, the only begotten Son of the living God. The fullness of times is when all things are fulfilled in him and he returns to catch his bride away and all things are fulfilled. That's the fullness of time. That's what matters. He came one time and fulfilled time. He came the second time, he coming the second time to fulfill times. That's what we're living for. We're not living for what happens tomorrow. We're not living for what happened 10 years ago. We're not living for what somebody did to me last year, what somebody said about me this month. We're not living for, for what might happen on the job. We're living for the fullness of times. And leading up to the fullness of times, there is a process that can take place. And that process involves, <laughs> involves happy times and it involves sad times. It involves tough times and it involves easy times it, it it can fluctuate you can be on a roller coaster of emotion during the process of time but stay on the roller coaster sometimes you got to close your eyes sometimes you just lift your hand sometimes you scream as loud as you can but stay on that ride don't get off that ride because it's taking you somewhere. It's a process. You might go upside down ten times. And you might do some corkscrews. And you may not know which way is up and which way is down. But stay on the ride. Because it's taking you somewhere. It's taking you to the fullness of what God has in store for you. Don't give up on the fullness in the midst of the process. Now let's talk about process. Because we can talk about it metaphorically. But the Bible really does deal with process and it's not pretty Genesis chapter 4 verse 3 the Bible mentions process of time five times fullness of time two times referring to the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ it talks about the process of time five times Genesis chapter 4 and verse 3 here it is and in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Cain was very wroth. His countenance fell. The Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. 
And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. That's what happens in the process of time. Betrayal. Hate. Wrath. Anger. Murder. Brother against brother. Nation against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. Jealousy, envy. We've all been victims of, of, of some sort of what is described. That's the process of time. That's not the fullness of time. Time marches on. Don't lose sight of the fullness because of the process. Genesis chapter 38, we're going to go to the next time that the Bible talks about the process of time. Genesis chapter 38 verse 12. It doesn't get any better. The Bible says, in process of time, the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died. And Judah was comforted and went up unto his sheep shears to Timnath, he and his friend Hirah the Adulamite. Judah lost his wife in the process of time. Ended up leading to, and he ended up succumbing to terrible, terrible lapse in judgment. But that all took place in the process of time. Painful loss. Grievous loss. Grief. Mourning. That takes place in the process of time. But that's not the fullness of time. That's the process of time. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23. We're going to continue talking about the process of time. Exodus 2 verse 23. It came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried. King of Egypt died. Children of Israel sighed. And then the children of Israel cried, died, sighed, cried. That's what happens in the process of time. And their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. See what happens in the process of time? Crying, sighing, dying, pain, betrayal, jealousy, envy problems then there are times where where there's communion with God there's God hears our cry God responds to our cry but these are the things that happen in the process of time judges chapter 11 this is the fourth time that the process of time is mentioned in the Bible judges 11 and verse 4 ready for this it came to pass in process of time that the children of Ammon Made war against Israel. That's so typical of the process of time. War, anger, hate, wrath, betrayal. We go on, 2 Chronicles chapter 21. This is the final time that the Bible refers to the process of time. 2 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 19. It came to pass that in process of time, after the end of two years, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness. 
So he died of sore diseases. And his people made no burning for him like the burning of his fathers. Disease. Sickness. That's, that's, that's the process of time. And, and you can look over history and what do you see? You see disease. You see war. You see hate. You see, you see death. You see bondage. That all exists within the process of time. But we don't live according to the process of time. Our hope is fixed on the fullness of time. Our eyes are established on where we're headed. So, so Paul, said, Paul said, none of these things move me. My God have mercy. Let's read what he said. Romans chapter 8. He said, you got to understand something. I've got my eyes fixed on the fullness of time. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation separate us from the love of Christ? Shall distress separate us from the love of Christ? Shall persecution separate us from the love of Christ? Shall famine or nakedness or peril or sword Folks, those are all really bad things. And Paul said, I'm asking you a rhetorical question. Are any of those things powerful enough to separate me from the love of God? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because piercing through all of the famine and nakedness and peril and sword and tribulation is this love that God has for his people. His riches in mercy and the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. It is persevering through all of these things that you might face. And this is what Paul said. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. I, that's, that's my favorite part. Because he said, I, I know all of this stuff that's going wrong. But I'll tell you that none of it is going to separate me from the love of Christ. But then he said, I'll tell you this. There's nothing to come. I don't care what kind of mutation of a trial develops in my life. I am persuaded that nothing hallelujah that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord nor height nor depth nor any other creature hallelujah it is impossible for it to separate us from the love of God hallelujah hallelujah 
Notice what he said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. For I reckon. Hallelujah. He, 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 you know, I was born in Memphis and Paul might have been in Memphis for a little while. He said, for I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, this process of time, this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know what? It's spoken like a man who had been to the third heaven. It's spoken like a man who knew a man above 14 years ago. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. But I've walked those streets and I've seen those sights. And by revelation, God has shown me the glory which shall be revealed afterward in us. And I reckon that the sufferings of this present time aren't even worthy to be compared. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When was the last time you reckoned about what glory awaits you? When was the last time you reckoned about the ages to come? When was the last time you reckoned, hallelujah, and compared the problems you're facing right now? And they're real problems. That's not, that's not just easy stuff Paul's describing. He's talking about death and life and principalities and powers and angels and height and depth and things. Things to come and things present. But after he's considered all of it, he says, I reckon that nothing shall be able to separate it. I am persuaded. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I am persuaded that everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My See right now, what you're going through right now, what you're going through right now, and what we experience on earth, the, the, the way we get through it, the Bible says He gives us peace that passes all understanding. That's how you're getting through what you're getting through. You're, you're here today like, I don't know how I made it this far. How many realize you shouldn't have made it this far? We just get real. We're not Superman, Wonder Woman. We shouldn't have made it this far. We should have given up, dropped out, fallen down, kicked around, pushed off to the side, tipped over into hell. How in the world have we made it this far? Because of a peace that passes all understanding. That's what you have during the process of time. A peace that is greater than the betrayal. A peace that is greater than the loss of a loved one. A peace that is greater than the grief and greater than the anger and greater, greater. A peace that surpasses all that you understand. Hallelujah. But when you get there to that city, you're going to have a different kind of peace. See, the peace you have here, you have, and it passes all understanding. But the peace you have there comes by way of understanding. You actually understand 
everything. And the Bible says you know even as you are known. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when I walk in that city, it's, it's not like I just forget everything that happened down here on earth and I just, oh, well, I just, I can't even think about that. Otherwise, I'd cry and there's no tears in heaven. So no, no, that's not, no. It's that I understand it now. My God. It's that I, it's that it makes sense now. It didn't make sense from that perspective. Well, I was walking through the cornfield and couldn't see over the stalks. And I was just hoping a scarecrow wasn't going to jump around the corner. That, that they didn't make sense then. But now that I look from this aerial perspective and I see all of the ins and the outs and I lay eyes on the wisdom of God and I realize that he really did have a purpose and he really did have a plan and he really was working all things together for my good folks I'm gonna I'm gonna lay my crown at his feet and I'm gonna say worthy you're more worthy than I realized you were you're you're so worthy of all praise you're so worthy of the glory ah Yes, hallelujah. And you will never leave his presence. You will never stop praising him. You will never stop worshiping him. You will never stop giving him glory. You will remain completely consumed by the glory. And the wisdom of God. In the ages to come. Don't give up now. Keep looking to the ages that are coming. When all God's children come home. Keep looking to the ages that are coming. When the roll is called up yonder. Keep looking to the... No, no. Don't backslide now. Don't go into heresy now. Don't, don't, don't say, the Bible says the fool hath said in his heart there is no God. Don't turn your back on God now. In the process of time, I know the process of time is so difficult. Oh, but the fullness of time is so beautiful. Hallelujah. So yes, it is worth praying through. It is, it is worth, it is worth Putting your shoulder to the plow. It is worth maintaining integrity before God. It is not worth laying down that integrity for a moment of fleeting worldly pleasure. That will pass as soon as it is experienced. But oh the glory of God in the ages to come. The exceeding riches of his grace. And his kindness toward us. That's what we live for. My God, I feel it. I feel his kindness toward me. You think these people in this place are, 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 have had perfect lives where nothing went wrong? You know theoretically that that's not the case. But how else can they stand here with hands uplifted? I wonder if there's anybody here that's been through something so severe that you really 
never dreamed you'd see 2018. I wonder if you could stand to your feet right now and lift up your hands to the Lord. And just say, oh God, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, you've made it. You've made it through process. Come on, you've made it through process. <laughs> you've got your eyes fixed on the ages to come. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah, you've got your eyes Set not your affection on things on the earth, but set your affection on things above. Hallelujah. Come on, keep your priorities right. You're going to be thankful one day that you didn't quit. You're going to be thankful one day that you didn't throw in the towel. You're going to be thankful one day. I said you're going to be thankful one day. Hallelujah. Come on, your kids, your kids need you not to quit. Hallelujah. Your children need you not to quit. You can hold up. God will keep you. His exceeding riches of grace and kindness will keep you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. Your family needs you. This church needs you. This church, hallelujah, is supported by people who refuse to quit. It's supported by the saints of God washed in the blood of the Lamb who refuse to turn their back on God or throw in the towel. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I want, you to, I want you just to thank God for a moment, if you could. Just thank God for a moment for Him keeping you and for Him delivering you. For Him setting you free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I need somebody who's been through disease who have come out of the process, hallelujah, and into some fullness of Jesus stepping into your life. I need you. I need somebody who's going through disease right now to say, God, I've been through this process, and I know, I know that you're going to be faithful to me through this process. I know, hallelujah, things seem scary right now, but you're in this, and you've got me, and I've got my eyes on the fullness of time. I need somebody who's been betrayed, and who knows what betrayal feels like. And maybe you're going through betrayal right now. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes on the fullness of time. You're going to make it through this process. And not only are you going to make it through this process. But you're going to come out of this process stronger and wiser. Hallelujah. With greater faith and with peace of mind and words of wisdom. Glory. Hallelujah. When an elder walks up to you and says to you, you're going to make it. Those are small words, right? But they are loaded with truth. And there is a treasure trove of experience that motivates that elder to tell you, you're going to make it. If you hold on to God. If you'll praise Him. If you'll stay humble before Him. Come on, don't stop now. Don't turn back now. Keep on walking. Keep on walking with Him. Keep on living for Him. You're going to thank God one day. I said you're going to thank God one day. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up our hands and praise the Lord one more time. Come on, let's lift up our hands unto the Lord and praise Him in this house. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and praise him. Go ahead and praise him. Go ahead and praise him. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. Go ahead and praise through it. Hallelujah. Go ahead and praise through it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Come on, let's sing it again. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what Peace we often forfeit, and oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, all our sins and griefs to bear. Oh, and what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. 
peace we often forfeit and know what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Could you carry it to God right now? Can you just carry it to God right now? Come on, don't forfeit peace for one more day. Don't bear needless pain for one more day. Hallelujah. Let's take it all to God. Can we do that right now? Let's just take it all to God. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. It really is that simple. Just take it to God right now. Take it to God. Don't carry it yourself. Don't carry it yourself. Take it to God. Take it to God. Take it to God. Take it to God. Take it to God, no matter how complicated. Take it to God, no matter how perplexing. Take it to God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, let's praise Him right now. Let's praise Him right now. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, I want you to take the most difficult thing you're facing right now. Lift it up to the Lord in prayer in Jesus' name. Come on, let's take another minute right now and just say, God, I cannot bear this on my own. And I'll not bear it any longer. I'm releasing it into the grace of God. I'm releasing this into the hand of God right now. Oh, hallelujah. 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 You know, the reason that you feel, the reason that you feel like you can't do that is because you feel that you bear responsibility. I want you to ask God to forgive you for any responsibility that you bear. Just go ahead and tell him, Lord, please forgive me. Cleanse me, Lord. Wash me. Please forgive me, Lord Jesus. Ask God to forgive you in the name of the Lord. And then hand it over to him. Hand it over to him. Hand it over to him. That's the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us. Hallelujah. See, you're, you're getting a little glimpse of glory right now. You're getting a little glimpse of glory right now. Hallelujah. That perfect peace. Hallelujah. That perfect peace. That perfect peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Ah, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel your presence, Lord. I feel your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, precious Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God.